Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the first official episode of A Cup of Pop Culture. I'm your host, Brett, with you today, and alongside a full cup of Ethiopian coffee from Portrait out in the ATL. And today, we are going to be talking about those five pesky heroes of Angel Grove. That's right. We are discussing with my brother, Brad, and we are talking all things Power Rangers, but first. All right, it's time for the news, guys. And today, one bit of news that kind of caught my eye is the Transformers Rise of the Beasts new film that will be coming out in 2022. Now, this is one that really caught my eye because one, it has one of my personal favorite um, personal favorite people that are going to be starring in it, and that's Anthony Ramos uh, from Hamilton fame as well as In the Heights. And also, this is a direct sequel to Bumblebee. So if you saw Bumblebee, you should be fairly excited and But one thing that they are truly taking on is the Beast Wars storyline. And if you grew up in the 90s and played the Beast Wars video game or watched all the cartoons that they did, this is something that should excite you beyond belief. It's going to star Anthony Ramos as Noah, who is an ex-military electronics expert, as well as Dominique Fishback, who's going to play Ilana, which is an artifact researcher at a museum. Now, if you know anything about Dominique Fishback, you know that she has been on a tear lately, being in such films as Judas Judas and the Black Messiah and, and other big name roles, so to speak. So again, this is going to be a film that you're going to have some of the old school ones like Bumblebee and Optimus Primal, which is a variation on Optimus Prime, Rhinox, who's a Maximal, uh, Arizor, all of these different ones. I, for one, am very excited about this because, again, this is a based off of a series that I followed fairly closely when I was a wee bit of child. And this is, yeah, something that I'm really excited about. So I'm excited to see what Anthony Ramos is able to bring to the table in this film. And, and yeah, so uh, that's really all we got as far as news. Uh, so we will kick it up and head over to the interview. So today we are going to be discussing the overall impact of those pesky five teenagers from Angel Grove High School, better known as the Power Rangers. So for those who are listening, which is no one, um, of uh, what Power Rangers and what Mighty Morphin Power Rangers was, just to give a a brief uh, little a little nidbit of it. Uh, it was a live action television and movie series based on Super Sente. Uh, 
let me know if I'm pronouncing this right. Kiaru, Sentai. Ki, Sentai, excuse me. Kiaru Sentai Zairu Ranger. Uh, let me go full weeaboo for you. It's uh, Kyoryu Sentai Ju Ranger. Ju Ranger, okay. And the first entry uh, was Mighty Morphin in the meta series, premiered on Fox Kids uh, in 93. Uh, and ended in 96 with 155 episodes, but like a thousand different versions that have transpired over the years. So like I, uh, like I said before, our first guest is probably what you would say is a self-proclaimed Power Rangers historian in a lot of ways, but very, very knowledgeable uh, and also my younger brother so welcome brad to the show hello so, good to have it yeah thank you so give us some background why you got into power rangers uh well when it launched i had uh, just been born um so it's pretty much been a part of my life the entirety of my life uh you and our older brother tim were always watching it uh vhs live airings you name it you guys were probably watching it uh and as a as a kid as a small baby uh our mom frequently tells us uh that i would be sitting in like a like a baby carrier and like kicking my legs as you guys were uh pretend fighting along with with episodes this is true this is very very true yeah it was it it's always um, shocking to me how one show sticks with a, a, a younger generation more than the other generation. Like, I I remember watching it, but it it wasn't the show that like got me. Like, it was it was a show that oh, it was cool, and we had I believe it was grandparents saying that this was a show that was going to make us kill people or something like that yeah at one point uh around when i was like eight i think uh it was was whenever power rangers in space was going uh i i remember our mom uh saying hey shut that off it's it's too violent you might imitate it like something to that effect yes and yeah. I, I very freak or I very frankly turned around and looked at her like because it was during a Megazord fight. I was just like, <laughs> "Mom, I can't even get a giant robot." And then that was the moment where she realized, "Oh, this might actually be a stupid argument." <laughs> yeah, because people got to realize this was during the weird time frame where saying something sucks was like as close to the F word as possible. Yeah, it was a really strange time, especially since we were, yeah. I think, at that point in, in Texas. So, you know, like Republican, uh, oh, save the children, central uh, sort of time in the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, and it, 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 it was just a, a very, very, very weird, uh, very weird time for for just, I guess, morality in a lot of ways. Yeah. People would think, oh, if you watch Pounders, or I remember one at one point, if you watched Looney Tunes, people <laughs> thought you were going to do some stuff, which unfortunately that did happen to, to like, people during that time. But 
yeah. which was even weirder in my book, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it's very, very strange. Like, I, you, this was uh, another thing that people have to realize is this was pre-internet. Um, yeah. Really pre-internet because, uh, like, it, even if there was internet, no one had devices. I think Shoot, we didn't even have a computer for the family until probably 2002. Yeah, yeah, and and it wasn't good internet. Uh, <laughs> so, so yeah. Uh, with that, um, where where was my good old notes? So Sam going in blind. What is the need to know basis of Parangers for someone who has never watched? Um, the the first thing that I tell people is. Uh, it's very stupid. Uh, <laughs> you have to be willing to kind of not really question why is this clown uh, harassing kids in spandex? Uh, why why were they able to make a flying car with junk parts? These are all actual things that happen in the first season of Mighty Morphin. Uh, it, the the effects are not great uh, because they the the actors frequently would say. Uh, I could work at McDonald's and make more money. Uh, <laughs> that's that's what their budget was. And so understanding that it's it's not a technical marvel, it's not a marvel in storytelling, just kind of taking the stories for what they are is what you should do. And especially as you get into like somewhat later seasons, like uh, Power Rangers Time Force from 2000 was uh, almost a direct adaptation of the Sentai it's adapted from. And for that, it's extremely strong and actually fairly dark. Like it deals with the literal apocalypse. Uh, and it's actually very good, but it's also still very dumb. <laughs> so acknowledging yeah. what it is, is what I would say. Like start start with a couple of episodes, maybe don't start with Mighty yeah. More it, as it, much as people want to. <laughs> it, it's, it's kind of what, uh, what I always, tell people when it comes to certain iterations of, of comics right oh, yeah like when i went in to watching the aquaman movie um the aquaman movie if you do not if you try and take that movie seriously you're not going to have a good time because they're not are, at all <laughs> there are soldiers underwater with big old guns riding seahorses yeah like, like you you can't go in this with a straight face ever exactly. <laughs> it's the same thing with any green lantern thing right like green lantern he had this situation where one of his major one of his major weaknesses was the color yellow <laughs> color yellow <laughs> and if someone splattered yellow paint on him he would be out of commission for like at least eight pages of dialogue like, yeah <laughs> exactly and, and so you have to you're right you have to go into some of these really kind of objectively speaking cringy things and just go in with an open mind like i mean you know more than more than most that one of my weird go-to's when i was well a lot of our weird go-to's when we were younger was some of the stupidest animal-based crime fighting like you had biker mics from mars I oh had, hell yeah i had street sharks which was a clear knockoff 
Oh yeah, the, um, they basically made the same show like six times, and it was all based off of like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, and I don't know if you got a chance to see the. Uh, there's a. It's it's out there. Uh, uh, it's a. Um, it's from some convention back in 1994. I want to say. Um. Uh. Uh. Vin Diesel was pushing. Uh, like he was. Um, do like promoting some film and it was it's a short video of him uh playing with the street sharks toy yeah yeah i've seen that video so many times and honestly i thought it was somebody like uh, like making a shit post <laughs> but it was real and the day i learned that i was just like man uh maybe i shouldn't take anything seriously <laughs> yeah like it, it it it's wild like there's there's so much there with um with, with especially when it comes to Power Rangers, with uh, because I, we're, we're we're not stupid here. We know that at the end of the day, we have a um, big thing when it comes to Power Rangers and any of those shows. It's it's pushing toys. Oh, it totally is. It's it's a thirty minute toy commercial, and that started in the eighties. I mean, <laughs> and we've seen this more recently with the. Uh, <laughs> the the batman harley quinn situation oh my god <laughs> right like we've, we've we've seen all of this type of weird stuff and and this is because i remember watching a i think it was a power rangers documentary on hulu a, like a year or two ago and it was talking fully about um that the whole thing was trying to push toys, and that's oh, yeah. why a lot of people thought the worst decision they ever made because the toys did not sell was Turbo. Oh um, yeah, the uh, toys so, just did not go because Turbo was just bad on the face of it. Because <laughs> uh, in one episode, uh, it's it's the episode where like Zordon's leaving, and he's the mentor for like six years at that point mm -hmm. <laughs> and you're juxtaposing him leaving forever with uh tommy the red ranger at that point uh reading the manual for his zord uh, in the middle of a fight and it's because the sentai they based that on which is called car ranger uh was a parody and oh. i don't know if it's because they had to always use the next sentai but like holy crap man why use that one if it's a parody and you're trying to go for a very serious tone <laughs> Right. And then the, the toys just, I mean, I like those uh, designs, but I also just kind of grew up with it. And now, like, I watched six episodes of Turbo, and uh, I, I turns out I hate Turbo. <laughs> yeah. Well, because Turbo was always weird to me in a lot of ways, because you had uh, these, specifically the Kid Ranger. The Kid oh, yeah. Ranger, I always always had an issue with because like the growing up thing was was so weird it was so dumb so like, the there was a reason that they that they did that uh and it's because Heim saban uh the head of saban brands uh was walking around and he went to a park and he came up to this kid and said would you like to be a power ranger uh and that's how he got cast um because they thought, oh, well, our original demographic is, is aging up, so we need to catch the, the younger kids. And, well, Beetleborgs is doing well, and that's one of our other shows. Oh, Beetleborgs yeah. is the reason that the, <laughs> the budget got cut so hard. Oh, God. Yeah, Beetleborgs was also one of those shows that, that was shockingly good in a lot yeah. of ways. 
Um, and that, that one was based off of a completely different series, uh, Beat Fighter Kabuto. And uh, they basically just kind of went in, said, hey, let's uh, do it like a comic book uh, sort of situation. Because uh, the first person to try to get Sentai over to America was Stan Lee. Um, That's right. Yeah, he tried to get Sun Vulcan uh, over here, but everyone hated his pitch for some reason. And then so like 10 years later, uh, Saban picks it up with Bioman, uh, tries it, fails. And then he's like, dinosaurs. Those are cool. Mm. It's Shoe Ranger, and that's pretty much how it all spun off. But they they took that Stan Lee inspiration and uh, made made Beetleborgs, and it went up for three, four seasons, something like that. That that's so wild because like, and and this is what makes you kind of appreciate having internet now, right? Yeah. Is is because it's this because we really can't control what shows come around if we didn't have things like things going viral and things like that. Uh, and I, I noticed with one of my one of my middle school students, I think he's in seventh grade, going into eighth grade. And he was talking about uh, this random show he found on Netflix called Beetleborgs. And I was like, oh my gosh, like we now, because I'm always trying to connect with students on, on, a, on like some sort of um, relationship based level. And then they, he brought it up. I was like, oh, you have no idea. And so like, we started talking about that and Beetleborgs became this whole thing compared that with some of these, I, like I started telling them about some of all these other really random shows from, from the nineties that were just super weird. Like I showed them trailers from Street Sharks, and, which by the way, <laughs> I have, I still to this day have the, it, I think it's at mom's house. It's Oh yeah, I saw it the other day. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the lunchbox, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so like you have like all of all of these really, really crazy things that, uh, that are starting to come back because of um, just uh, everything, and nostalgia brings things back around. Yeah, things cycle around like, uh, when I was that that age and around middle school, like I was fascinated by, at the time, what would be considered retro video games like mm -hmm. the NES, Super Nintendo, mm -hmm. um, and so uh, the other day, like th three weeks ago or so, um, new front desk person at my job uh, comes up to me, like we're talking, he's just like, so how old are you? And I had to think a sec, and I was because like, I haven't been asked that in like eight months. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, I'm 27, uh, and he just goes, oh, so you you like have seen a PS2 in a box, haven't you? <laughs> and I just, I kind of like looked down at the ground and I go, yep. And now I'm going to go have an existential crisis in my car, dude. See ya. <laughs> Man, you have no idea how, how, how fun that is for me though, because I, I will say nothing makes you feel old older than being around middle schoolers and high schoolers. Like oh, yeah. I, last year, or not last year, but the year before, was the last time I will teach anyone that is, um, was alive during 9-11. Oh God. <laughs> Everyone else is just in history books. Yeah. Um, and so like, but I was able to make my high schoolers 
feel incredibly old when we were we were talking about movies and things like that because like a lot of them are really big into hip-hop you know and they they know Ludacris um and I've listened to his music and like and like know him on that and I was like isn't it wild that the majority of the middle schoolers are only going to know Ludacris based off of the Fast and the Furious franchise. Yeah, <laughs> that's super strange. It's it's really really weird, and and so it, you run into these these things where nostalgia kind of pushes things forward. And one of the things I wanted to get your opinion on is one of the things when it comes to nostalgia based Power Ranger stuff is okay, so everyone's older when it comes to the the series and the films and all that sort of stuff what's a new way for us to make money off of it uh, that's not in those different avenues and they started to do the comic book series which i know you're really really into so talk a little bit about that okay so i love the comics um currently there's i think five of them going uh, that are covering different branches. Like one of them is covering the Phantom Ranger from Turbo, which was not a thing I ever saw coming. But I'll I'll stick to the like the mainline ones. Uh, so back in like 2016, 17, uh, Boom Studios gets the license for it, uh, and I was just like, oh cool. Uh, don't know where they're gonna go with that, but whatever. It starts seeming kind of mature. Uh, and I was like, okay, cool. This is kind of the way they're giving adult fans what they're wanting, like a little bit darker. Mm-hmm. I hate using that term, but like more mature storyline. Yeah. And uh, around like the ninth or 10th issue. So it's it's been around for almost a year at this point. Okay. Uh, they get this monster attacking the city. It's called the Black Dragon. Okay. It looks like a Gundam villain and it's terrifying looking like a shark with arms, almost a street shark, but armored. Uh, and they beat it, end of the day, whatever. Goes over to Rita, and they say, the Black Dragon was nothing but a vessel for me. I'm in a different world, my world. And it shows someone that looks like a fusion between the White Ranger and the Green Ranger. And his name is Lord Draken. And Kyle Higgins was asked, when did you start writing for Lord Draken? the second I put the pen to the paper. So he planned for this giant villain from the get-go. So there's an emphasis on history of the series if you've grown up with it like me. Uh, <laughs> took too deep a breath. <laughs> the history of the show, like like me or anybody that's just kind of had a passing interest, they can kind of jump into this at the start. Uh, and it's just, it's so refreshing to see something that people love that they grew up with treated like without the kids gloves yeah uh, like at, at one point uh spoiler warning lord draken turns out to be a different timeline of tommy uh he is is basically what if tommy stayed evil something that people have asked the question of since since tommy wrecked everybody's shit for five days straight uh, and then joined the Rangers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what if he stayed evil? Uh, so the White Ranger powers were going to go to Jason the Red Ranger. He interrupts that transfer process and takes them for himself. Uh, and kills Jason. <laughs> oh. Uh, like, people get bodied. Uh, they get to a point where Draken kills the original Tommy. Uh, oh, my gosh. 
it it just goes absolutely nuts. Uh, and even beyond that, now with uh, the Beyond the Grid storyline uh, showcasing a bunch of different Rangers, to the new storyline where it's following Rangers from the original that went away uh, and are dealing with eldritch beings that eat worlds. Uh, <laughs> they're they're called the Imperials, and it's a whole other can of worms. They're even delving into stuff that you didn't ever think they would touch with a 10-foot pole, like how did Zordon become Zordon? Yeah. Uh, is, that, is that essentially what they tried to cover um, at the beginning of the most recent movie? Yeah, and it it was cool as hell, but mm-hmm. those, those movies are probably not going to be continued, which sucks, uh, but they kind of sort of took some of those uh, ideas, like how did Rita get the dragon power coin Uh, maybe she was the original green ranger it's kind of sort of hinted at in the comics and i I appreciate that they kept those ideas because they're they're good ideas uh but like i said it's it's really nice to see this franchise that people really love treated with respect and given like serious storylines uh which is why i love it so much like you you see characters come back like oh hell yeah that's the phantom ranger uh, you see them come back and fight. There's there's a scene where uh, during the Shattered Grid event, which is where Draken is really wrecking things. Yeah. They they get this radar alert in the in the power chamber, and they're like, "That's a lot of uh, movement outside." Uh oh. <laughs> and if you've seen Turbo, the last time that happened, the base got destroyed. <laughs> oh goodness. They flipped it on its head, and it's shooting stars crashing to Earth. And in each shooting star that's landing is a ranger. Uh, oh. Zordon sent out a call, and it's just this shot, and it's it was my desktop background for like a year. <laughs> it's it's over a hundred rangers just standing there ready to help, and it's okay. so so cool. Like you you're a fan of this, you lose it. <laughs> Didn't they do something like that? Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like they've done they did something like that on one of the more recent shows where uh, it was like a whole bunch of Red Rangers. Yeah, uh, so this was for Wild Force. Um, yeah. That was back in 2005-ish. Uh, they got, because it was the 10th anniversary, they got every single Red Ranger. Even the Alien Ranger, which was only in 10 episodes. <laughs> uh, everybody was there, Jason, Tommy, everybody. And man, is it a dumb episode, but it's really cool to watch. Yeah. <laughs> The, the the weird thing I've noticed when it when it comes to uh, a character like Tommy, I think I, for me, as I mean, it's no secret I'm a huge Jason fan, right? More than Tommy, mainly because I I just I saw him as the OG leader, and then they brought in Tommy. I'm like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> like. like it, it, there, there was a whole thing before he even came along that it looked like he was going to get with Kimberly. And like, like I was like, yeah, that's the thing. And then Tommy comes and steals his girl. And I'm like, what What are you doing? What are you doing? But um, Tommy ended up in his own weird way, especially on one of the later, more recent episodes that they had him on, where he has, a, I believe it's called the Ultimate Morpher. Uh, the Master Morpher. Master Morpher. And it's it, they essentially transformed him into Superman. 
Yeah, more or less. Um, yeah. They, he's he's always been the most popular one, uh, as much as I hate it. Mm-hmm. He's he's basically the face of the franchise. And the yeah. Master Morpher was pretty much like their way of uh, allowing him to do every single uh, suit that he's ever worn. Yeah. Uh, it was cool. It's a very cool concept. They actually uh, used it in a comic, Soul of the Dragon. Uh, and that was a cool thing, but it's it's just kind of like, guys, come on, there are other rangers that you yeah. use. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, like the thing that got, got me about that whole thing is without them truly realizing it, uh, for for OG fans of it, Tommy became Superman, Jason became Batman. More or less, uh, because like Tommy became the Red Ranger in Zeo, which was the follow up to Mighty Morphin. Um, and they even gave Tommy like his brother, uh, which was, I do not remember his name, it's escaping me, but it was it was played by Jason David Frank's actual brother, oh, uh, his, uh, his, his late brother. Um, and they were setting him up to be the sixth ranger for that season. Uh, and they, Tommy goes, I think I know somebody that can take these powers. Cross the desert, get blown up, get into the power center. It's Jason. Uh, they brought him back as the gold zeal ranger. And it was cool. Yes. Uh, but you never really see Jason much anymore. They, they brought him back for uh, Beast Morphers, uh, yes. which was really, really, really cool to see him uh again like actually acting uh and the <laughs> the villain has like 100 soldiers whatever uh and he's like i have an army and jason just goes that's not an army this is an army and they do an end game thing uh, uh, where a bunch of portals open and all of the it's only suit actors unfortunately but all of the mighty morphin rangers come out all of the dino thunder rangers come out all of the uh dino charge rangers come out and they fight, and it's awesome. Oh, uh, it was so cool to see him actually morph again, because it's been <laughs> since <Yeah>. Forever Red. <laughs> that's, that's, that's insane. So clearly you are very, very passionate about the Power Rangers. No, no one listening to this would argue against that. But where does that passion come from? Why do you have that passion? It's it's a lot like how others are passionate about like the Flash or Green Lantern. These heroes mean a lot to me. Um, like it's it really started to be like I looked up to these people around the time of uh, 2001's Lightspeed Rescue uh, when the Red Ranger is a firefighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the character's name is Carter Grayson, and he is without a doubt my favorite Red Ranger uh, <laughs> because he. The first thing he does on screen is uh, drive a Humvee into a monster. <laughs> uh, and he, one of his last uh, acts is like, everybody's spread out and they can't call the Megazord because they have to be together. Uh, Carter takes out his standard like pistol and starts just charging at a giant monster. <laughs> like that is the most Red Ranger nonsense I can think of. And it's just like the idea of you know bravery in the face of disaster at the end of the day anybody can be a power ranger morpher or not yeah. uh all that you have to do is be willing to do what's right uh to to help those that either can't help themselves or just need a hand you know yeah it's it's such a simple thing yeah 
and that's <laughs> overreaching across all of the seasons for 25 years. It's crazy that it's been around for 25 years. It's nuts. That's insane. So one last thing I, I wanted to, uh, actually, I, I got two more questions. But the first one, uh, so talk about what, in my mind, which is one of the most fascinating things about um, about the Power Rangers culture and just anything weird in pop culture, this <laughs> always ends up happening, which is the cons. And uh, yes, because <laughs> I've been to Comic Cons. I know how weird and um, uh, shocking uh like an out-of-body experience comic cons can be i haven't been to you know the, the san diego but you know been to like pop culture cons yeah i've been to megacon been to tampa bays even been to the one here in melbourne which wasn't anything to sneeze <laughs> smaller con it, it was smaller it was fun um but it's those are majority cons, right? When you go to, when you find out that there is a Power Rangers-centric convention, talk about what that's like. So uh, there's actually two. One is kind of a, a smaller one that happens on this side of the coast, uh, Ranger Stop. I haven't been to that one. Uh, but Power Morphicon is, uh, is the big one, and it's, they actually have a partnership with uh, they had a partnership with Saban when they had the license, got a partnership with Hasbro. Now they have that. Um, I discovered Power Morphicon, uh, how old was I? 2007? Uh, so I was like 14 almost. Uh, and I just see all of these costumes. It's like, how did these people get these? And then I see it's Power Morphicon. And I was like, what the heck is that? I thought that was like the giant monsters from the original movie those are the ectomorphicons uh and i i research it and i'm like this is awesome because you don't really see many like specific specific conventions like that it's usually yeah. like uh anime in general uh like holiday matsuri is a big one in uh, orlando it goes on in december yeah uh just for instance or like comic-con and that that one just is general pop culture really uh but to see one that is so niche and still fill up almost half of the Anaheim Convention Center uh, is absolute just nonsense. <laughs> uh, so like you you have, they announced new seasons, they they brought screen used props, uh, like I was able to see Goldar's head. Uh, oh shoot. And while I'm taking pictures of it, uh, Kerrigan Mayhem, the voice of Goldar comes up behind me. Uh, and I'm like, man, Goldar's missing his nose. Uh, <laughs> and he just goes, holy shit, I need to lay, lay off the cocaine. And I just kind of stood up like, holy crap. <laughs> oh my God. Like you, you get situations like that yeah. uh, where, where you just end up seeing voice actors do their thing like it's nothing or uh, you see Samurai uh, Ranger Green do a front flip over four chairs uh, just in in the lanes of the artist alley and it's like like this is what I always wanted to see you, you immediately make friendships with people that are in line uh, oh dude your costume's awesome where'd you get it I got it from this maker I made it uh, oh wow the, the, the Ninja Steel uh, promo team needed a gold ranger so they grabbed me uh, so I took promo pictures. Uh, that was a guy named uh, 
uh, Jacob Boober, and he's he's a really cool dude. Uh, but he he was just a dude with a costume. Uh, <laughs> it, it's so just amazing to be able to be as excited as you want to be uh, for this dumb little kids show. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, everybody's there for the same reason. And that's to celebrate this this thing that means varying degrees of importance to them. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's still important to them. And they get yeah. to actually have that camaraderie that they otherwise don't. I remember talking about Power Morphicon. Um, I was I was here in Florida. You were at Power Morphicon. Uh, well, like three years ago. That think, was the last one I was at. Yeah, and and you paid a certain amount of money to. Um, was it the original Rita Repulsa? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, that was I. Barbara Goodson, who's the voice of Rita Repulsa, and so many other things. Mm. Uh, she does a lot of anime these days. Uh, she was in Sailor Moon as well. Oh. Um, but she she was like uh, sitting at her table, and I, I can dig up the video if you want to like cut it in or something, and I'll send it to you. Uh, but I go up to her table and I was just like, hi, I don't want an autograph. Uh, and she was like, okay. Um, I just wanted to know, like, can I pay you to say something and I record it? And she was like, yeah, 20 bucks. Uh, and so I was just like, awesome. I get out my phone. I was like, okay, so I want you to say, uh, Tim and Brett get back in the garage. Mm. Um, (laughs) and she just started laughing her head off and she was like, I'm going to need you to tell me that story after we do it. (laughs) <laughs> but are you ready? <laughs> and so she did it. Uh, and like the story is my, our, our mom would basically tell uh, Tim and Brett, pick up your toys and get back in the garage <laughs> uh, when, when they were younger. And so it, it was just like, I don't know why that was the thing that, <laughs> that stuck out in my head, but it was, I was like, this is going to be a funny thing to have her say. And yeah, <laughs> that was a, that was a 2014 one. That's fantastic. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I remember receiving. I was like, "This is the most horrifying, yet also the greatest thing that I've ever received on my phone." And it was it it, it was really cool. Uh, not not gonna lie, but yeah, that's the thing. For if you it, for those who've never been to a con, like the cons are the weirdest times. It's, you're most, not in the real world. <laughs> yeah, it, it's weird, but it's also the most fun, right? Like, I, I went to the, the Melbourne one. It's the smallest comic book convention I've ever been to. There wasn't any celebrities. There wasn't anything like that. But uh, the, the just the costumes, the, the cosplaying that people were rocking, like, it was people it was put their People have their hobby, and it's it's really cool that it's it's at the end of the day it's art yeah Uh, because people like i learned how to uh work with fiberglass uh i learned how to work with paints um with like body filler for cars just to work on power rangers helmets uh and when bosses ask uh why do you know how to use this stuff (laughs) at my job i'm just like uh yeah nothing special i guess (laughs) yeah i I, again like for, for most, uh, I, I guess you call them lay people, um, comic book conventions have become this, this awesome situation where 
you get to meet some of the people that are um, uh, that that you've seen on screen or seen in comics and and movies and things like that uh, and get to get a photo with them or an autograph like like they give you your moment with them yeah like i remember the coolest situation so we were getting a picture with um the guy who plays eobard thon on on the on the flash me yeah. and my wife we were getting a picture with with him and his tent was right next to alice cooper's <laughs> It's a weird setup. <laughs> it, was, it was very strange. And then right next to him was um, uh, one of the one of the doctors from Doctor Strange. Uh, it was yeah. the villain in Jessica Jones. I can't. Oh, David Tennant. Yeah, yeah, yeah David Tennant. And so uh, we're excited. We come out. The dude who plays Thon, nicest guy in the entire world. But I see this fifty-five-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> rock star guy come out with sleeve tattoos so excited that he got to get a picture with the Alice Cooper like they, they bring out this and it, that's the thing it's not just for these um it's not just for uh just comic people it's become this weird situation where everyone is welcome like yeah of, uh one of the things with uh, Megacon, this upcoming Megacon in August, they got Brendan Fraser. Yeah, that's that. I I don't like to go to Megacon because it's huge and I'm I'm not great with big ass crowds. Yeah. But I saw that and I was like, mm, I'm reconsidering. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like the entire time we're looking at it, we're, we're like, all right, look, we know we want to go to Megacon, but it has to be worth it. Yeah, exactly. It has to be worth it. And they, they like they had Dave Batista, and I'm like, eh, I guess. And that they had George Takei, which I was like, that's cool. That's, Shat, yeah. that's pretty cool. But then they said Brendan Fraser. I was like, oh. Yeah, exactly. Like because uh, we had we had just gone on the mummy ride at Universal. Oh. <laughs> and we're like the best ride in the park aside from the the Hulk. <laughs> exactly. And and we were like, oh, oh my. So we we were like, yeah, that that might be the one. And then they also added Stephen Amell. So, oh yeah, that's I another mean, good one. That, yeah, he's that, he's just a chill dude in general. Like he's yeah. he just seems like that kind of guy. Mm -hmm. Like uh, you were you were talking about just having a, a great time just meeting somebody uh, mm -hmm. at this last Power Morphicon that I went to in 2018. Uh, Johnny Young Bosch, who played Adam uh, mm -hmm. in in Power Rangers, Black Ranger. He also plays like Ichigo Kurosaki in in Bleach and basically every other anime on the planet. Yeah. Um. I I have a screencast. Uh, production mold the used uh, black ranger helmet um the price of that was too much uh <laughs> but i i was wanting him to sign it and uh i, I get up there i'd been waiting for like 20-ish minutes uh and his handler as soon as he's about to touch pen to helmet goes hey you know you have a photo op right and uh johnny just kind of looks up pen still in hand what and he just looks back over at me he goes well, fuck. <laughs> Signs the helmet. He goes, because I just had to cut that short, uh, do you want a, a picture as well? Uh, and I was just like, do you want me to pay more? And he was just like, no. Uh, oh, that's cool. And he was just like the nicest guy. And he just did that because he, he inadvertently screwed me over. Like, it wasn't his fault. He didn't have to do that. Uh, and it was just so, so cool to, to have that. And... Uh, same same deal kind of happened with the Titanium Ranger from 
uh, Lightspeed Rescue, I, I cosplayed the Titanium Ranger, uh, got every detail as good as I could, mm-hmm. and I walk up to his booth in full costume, and he just goes, holy crap, looks down at his helmet that he uses for displaying, and goes, why does yours look better than mine? <laughs> uh, I was just like, yes, <laughs> I got it right. <laughs> oh, gosh. So finally, I want to talk about legacy. So oh, man. what is what do you think the overall legacy of Power Rangers is? Uh, that is a big question. Um, in all honesty, uh, the, the cynical side of me says toys. <laughs> um, but when you when you talk to a Ranger fan uh, about what the series did for them, like there are people that uh, watched the series as a kid and then came back to it later and realized, man, I want to get in shape. Uh, or I, I want to go be a firefighter. Or I just want to help people in general start a nonprofit. All of those are actual situations that I've run into. <laughs> Uh, so the actual legacy of Power Rangers, um, I feel is, is people helping people, uh, and being kind and welcoming, uh, because y- you, you see even in Mighty Morphin, um, with like Bulk and Skull, the dickheads, uh, at times the Rangers screw with them because they're screwing with them, but at others, they hang out with them like their friends even though they screw with them so hard it it really does point to just helping your fellow person because at the end of the day giant monsters or not we're probably all going through something (laughs) and that can be as simple as like giving somebody a glass of water helping them stand up or giving them a ride it it can be simple it doesn't have to be so grandiose that it's a world-threatening thing coronavirus um (laughs) just being nice to your fellow person is at the end of the day the main message Mm. and i think the most lasting legacy of power rangers Mm. i like that i like that all right so real quick to to close this out um you'll put you on the spot with uh a few things number one now that you have your vaccine, <laughs> you dickwad. Um, number two, we have the, the this section that we're calling "Defend Your List." Oh and boy! <laughs> so the first the two quick ones. The first one, top five Rangers of all time. Oh boy! Uh, my favorite Ranger, as I said, is uh, Carter Red Ranger from uh, Lightspeed Rescue because. Like his first act is just the most Red Ranger bullshit ever. Um, like that's a leader, the guy that drives straight into the monster. Uh, second would be uh, Adam from Mighty Morphin. Uh, he was so insecure at first, and he ended up later on becoming a leader of his own team uh, in Operation Overdrive for two episodes. Uh, so you know, insecurity to to mastery. Uh, Number three is probably Eric, the Quantum Ranger from Time Force. Uh, he's basically Shadow the Hedgehog, and I love him. Uh, <laughs> he's he's more of an antihero than anything. Uh, uh, probably, I, I guess, yeah, I'll put Tommy on there, uh, just because he's he's got some badass designs at yeah. the very least. Uh, 
And number five is, uh, God, that's actually hard. Um, yeah, I'll say it. Uh, the, the Lunar Wolf Ranger from Wild Force. He, uh, he's one, a really cool guy in, in general. He runs a garage door company. Uh, <laughs> Interesting. uh but he, he started out kind of doing the Tommy thing as uh, being an evil monster, uh, that had been cursed and got cured from that. And he's, he's, he's just a cool, uh, cool story arc in, in Wild Force. Okay, I can respect that. Mine, uh, number five is is Kimberly. Mine are mainly MMPR based. That's right. Uh, Kimberly, then Adam, because the whole frog situation from the movie. Oh hell yeah! Makes me smile. <laughs> that's that's what it says on my helmet. Uh, he he signed his signature and it says I'm a frog. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Uh, Zach mainly, uh, mainly because one he just a cool dude and correct me if I'm wrong he's missing one finger or yeah two? uh it's uh it's his left ring finger left uh, you can ring you can ring. see yeah. it anytime uh he does his morning sequence it'll kind of look like the Assassin's Creed thing uh, uh yeah and so and then Tommy at number two because I'm cynical and <laughs> <laughs> and number one is Jason because I mean again I don't know if you you were probably too young to remember this, but I um, I named uh, an I earthworm. A, I had a pet earthworm, <laughs> but I named yeah. Jason, and and that that's how much I adored Jason. Like it was it was awesome. And then the second little defend your list is top five iterations of Power Rangers. Oh hell yeah. Um... So my favorite one of all time is is Lightspeed Rescue. Um, just there, there's a lot of cool storylines going on. It's like demons are invading, and uh, the main mentor had to save his son's life, which is the Titanium Ranger, by giving him over to demons. Uh, and it's it's such a weird ass storyline, but it works so well. Yeah. Uh, second is Time Force. Uh, again, deals with the actual apocalypse but you got an anti-hero ranger um and some weird time uh time travel shenanigans uh the main villain can pull his bones from his body to make weapons uh and was also played by a guy from mad max um uh, vernon wells uh so he's actually a very good actor uh then three is uh in space uh in space was uh actually going to be the finale for uh like the first half of it uh because of the ratings of turbo but it ends up telling one of the best stories in the entire franchise uh number four probably not wild force uh probably ninja storm uh ninja storm as the name implies deals with ninjas but it also has one of the best theme songs <laughs> uh has really cool plot with uh like legacy as well as uh just you know surfing and extreme sports um yeah and number five is uh dino thunder because that is the return of tommy and there's an incredible uh legacy based episode called the history of power and it goes through like the history of the franchise and it's it's so cool yeah so mine um are number five or and, and before before i go into it one thing that has to be said is yes there is some really terrible acting on this on this oh, but god yeah it's not also, shakespeare 
but there are also <laughs> some of the most legendary actors of our time did time on that show. Absolutely. Like Walter White of Breaking Bad fame was correct me if I'm wrong, the first villain or like uh, he, one of the one of the villains from season one. Uh, yeah. And he's actually the reason that Billy's last name is Cranston. Uh, they they oh, named him after shoot. that. Dude, I didn't realize that. Yeah, he was he was friends with somebody on the production uh, staff, and they were just like hey, Cranston, whatever. Dang. And yeah, yeah. So he uh, he was one of the first villains, and then ends up coming full circle and playing Zordon. Yeah. In in the most recent of the movies. So like I said, there, there's some really good actors that that are just hidden around. Um, yeah, like I said, Vern Wells from Mad Max. Yeah, was exactly. was a villain for a season and he did amazing yeah so some of these things like that that's why if, if anyone listening's a a aspiring actor or creative minded person just doing a job is not going to uh like when you do a certain job and you're not that great on, on it just keep working yeah yeah getting so, better and because let's be oh real, Brian Cranston wasn't great on his episodes. Of, no, he uh, was a villain that screamed. I think he was a wasp. <laughs> but now he's Emmy Emmy winner, Oscar nominated, like all of these. Like he's Walter Damn White. Yeah, one of the greatest. <laughs> I mean, depending on how you see the show, antagonist or protagonist. Something um, like that. Somewhere yeah. in there. Like um, at one point, I, I was in a really, really crappy... Uh, voice role uh, for a Halo mod called Lumoria. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they said, you know, your character's uh, you know like 55. Um, try to act like a like a grizzled sort of military veteran. And, and uh, back then, my voice sounded like this. Uh, <laughs> and I was just like, Are you sure, guys? Uh, so long story short, that uh, that mod has 55,000 downloads, uh, and I hate it. <laughs> But, you know, still, still getting roles. <laughs> hey, there you go. So yeah, my my f- five number five is Lightspeed Rescue, um, because I just like the the feeling of it. It was before, I originally had Turbo on there, but then I was like, no, no. <laughs> uh, so Lightspeed Rescue at five, Lost Galaxy at four, um, Zeo at three, because it, again, it was I felt like a continuation of MMPR and a lot. Oh of yeah, them. totally. It's, um, it's them going to the next level. It's, it's yeah. insane. In space at two, because again, whoever thought that we'd be in space with <laughs> some of these characters, like it's, it's wild to even get there. And oh, then God. you gotta go, you gotta go OG with, with MMPR. Of but, course. But in yeah. space was actually based on video games at first. <laughs> yeah, that, correct me if I'm wrong, in, the in space video game was so, that you had a lot of. Uh, Lightspeed Rescue and Time Force were the two That's games that I had. But yeah. uh, oh, In Space's uh, Sentai counterpart, Mega Ranger, and this is the last thing I'll say, uh, was based on like gadgets and uh, video games. Mm-hmm. And they all that the production team had seen was the spaceship Megazord. Oh god! <laughs> so they were like, "Oh yeah, cool. We'll we'll uh, do." <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> we'll we'll do a, uh, a space themed thing. Throw stuff on a green screen, put stars in the background, whatever. And then they see this weird ass uh gremlin man as the uh the mentor and they just go oh shit <laughs> so jack shit in in space has to do with the source material 
That's fantastic. Oh gosh. All right. Well, that's really all the time we have. I want to thank. Uh, I want to thank you for for joining us on this uh, on this episode, uh, talking about all things Power Rangers. Um, and uh, and yeah, th- thank you for joining us. Uh, if if you have anything to promote, plug. I know. Go for uh, it. Uh, voice acting, Brad Phil nine twenty. Uh, that's really it. <laughs> All right, and like I said, as always, um, or for the first time because this is the first official episode. <laughs> Uh, Keep pouring that fresh cup of coffee and enjoy all things that are in film, music, TV, and video games, and we will see you next time.